Sarah. Hi, Joseph. How are you? I am splendid. I love this episode. This is, I think, the most fun episode of season one. And what if our listeners disagree with us? Should they just turn us off or should we just tell them to go fuck themselves? No, we're we... going no, to tell them why we're right. Nice. Right? I mean, yeah, what episode are we talking about, Sarah? Okay, well, let me, let me, uh, should I do our, like, yeah, do that thing. thing? Do that, the thing do I that said, thing. right? Welcome yeah. to the Sibling Sit Down, where brother and sister talk about the beloved New Jersey Mafia hit TV show, The Sopranos. I'm Sarah Stefanelli. And I'm Joe Stefanelli, and we're going to be taking you through The Sopranos one episode at a time, one podcast episode at a time. Joseph, do you, do you find it weird that you refer to yourself as Joe, but I call you Joseph? No, because you're lame and I'm amazing. I don't think that's the answer. There you go. Which episode um, are we going to discuss today? We will be discussing episode one, excuse me, season one, episode eight today. The Legend of Tennessee Moltisanti. If you have not watched the episode, please stop listening, go watch it and come back. As a reminder, we will not... Can you stop? Okay. As a reminder, we will not give away any spoilers past this episode. For a little episode summary, for those of you that don't remember, with the feds hot on their tails, our mafia friends are doing some hiding of evidence. Tony and Carmela choosing Green Grove as their safe haven. But with the hiding of some secrets at Green Grove, the revelation of another occurs when Livia tells Junior that Tony is seeing a psychiatrist. Meanwhile, Christopher, haunted by the image of his first murder, is looking is looking deep within himself, questioning his role as a soldier in Tony's army and looking for an arc to his character. This episode aired on February 28th, 1999. Did you that was write a that long one? one. That yeah, was did, a long... You, did you write that one yourself? Always. I stopped, I've stopped looking at I have stopped looking at anything else. Okay. Do you want to admit now that you never rewatched the episode to talk about it right now? No, no, no. That's not what I said. No, now let now we're gonna have to tell the audience the truth that we are a week late of recording this. I watched it last week, the day before we were originally supposed to oh. record. And then I didn't rewatch it. So either. now no, the fact that we're we we skipped a week, I felt the need to watch it again and I didn't have time. No, oh, I, no, I definitely just... did. I thought you meant you just were like, I've seen this episode so many times, I'm just not going to watch it again. I will admit, In well, prep. let me ask you this. Let's let our, our viewers behind the scenes. Do you do any notes before you watch the episode or how do you take your notes? For, for our audience, what we do is we share a Google slideshow and we mm -hmm. basically, I have the left really long filled con with <laughs> content column and Sarah has two sentences on her side for all our categories. Now, for just so you get a little bit of quality do. over quantity. Okay? Absolutely, you are nothing but. Mm -hmm. um, but do you do any of your notes? Like wh how, what's your procedure when you wa watch an episode for this? As I watch the episode, I go, oh, that fits into a category and I put it on the slide. <laughs> but you have it open in front of you. You're yeah, typing I sit, Yes, I need my laptop. In it's like a, an assignment, yes. Do you pause? Uh, if I if I miss a line or if I need a minute to think through my thought. See, my problem is I pause every time I want to type something and mm -hmm. it, it takes me a good three hours to watch an episode. That's absolutely ridiculous. Maybe two. But the, but the trick is I actually do a lot of my notes before I go into the episode. 
Like I do do a lot of my notes from memory. I do. I well, no, because I try to do that so that I can not pause all the time. And but I find myself then I go back. I go, oh, I forgot that, that, that. But I do. I I do some of my notes. I do at least forty-five minutes of notes before the episode goes on. That's just not efficient at all. Do you want to tell me what your favorite scene was? Did you choose it before you watched the episode again? I did. I did because this is <laughs> this might be one of my favorite scenes ever. Um, it's one of the rare, really fun scenes between the Soprano family where you really see them as a family who you just love to be with. And that is their, their dinner episode towards the end of the episode. Um, and I just love, of course, it's, it's parallel to the Melfi's, you know, true Italian meal. And then we have our Italian family, our leading family, eating Chinese food, having Cokes and talking like real Americans which is just so ironic in this episode because the Melfis are talking about, you know, Italian heritage and they're having spaghetti and meatballs and talking about <laughs> the movies. And, and just this snooty, intellectual, elitist conversation. And Tony Soprano's talking about how the Chinese can't invent spaghetti and talking about Frank Sinatra. I mean, it, it's just, it's a, it's a brilliant parallel and it's a brilliant moment. And it ends on that great smile between Tony and, uh, Tony and Carmela which I just love. I have to admit something. Uh-oh. I didn't know his middle name. Oh, you didn't Fra know that was Frank Sinatra? Francis, Francis Alba. Albert? No, Francis it's Alba. Albert. No, I don't think so. Uh, producer. I hear, I hear him laughing. laughing. I can hear him laughing. <laughs> Francis There's Albert. three doors in between. It's Francis. Albert. What? Why would they name Francis Alba? I thought what he you... said Alba. And then I was no, like, who's Francis, Francis And Alba? by the way, and I'm going to spoil something for the, for in two episodes. Oh, God. We are going to find out that Mikey Palmisi's son's name is Francis Albert, which I find kind of funny. Who's Mikey Palmisi? What? That's Junior's guy, Mikey. Oh, Mikey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Mean, producer, I'm going to need to know Frank Sinatra's middle name and I need a new co-host. What's your favorite scene, Sarah? When Polly and Christopher, when Polly shows up to Christopher's apartment for a few reasons. So the relationship between Christopher and Polly, I think is my favorite relationship <coughs> in the entire show because they crack, they crack me up. And they love to hate each other. And it's just, it's the older generation and he's the young guy, but they're friends. It's just brilliant. It is great. So it's really the first time we see them one-on-one -on -one talking with each other. And Polly's just so honest with him. Um, you know, Polly's like my, it is Francis Albert Sinatra. Wow. I thought they said Alba. Yeah, continue. You were doing really well talking about Christopher and Polly. Are you being sarcastic? No, you really were. So stop. Now you sound um, stupid. You reminded us that you thought his middle name was Alba. Um, so and Paulie's very okay with his life, and Christopher is just like being the angry young man that he is, and Paulie's just so sensible. Um, and, you know, and he even walks in and goes, "The place looks like a sty." Like he's not even. <clears throat> he just cares about him, and, and it's just a very, I, it's a very nice scene, and I will that theme for them will carry out through the show, and I, I just adore it. So. That's my favorite scene. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. And I do love their relationship. Oh, so much. Maybe the basis of, of what many people would say is the best episode, The Pine Barrens. Uh, well, we'll get there and it's 
<laughs> I'm one of those yeah. people. But <laughs> are we getting Steve Buscemi to come on the podcast? I, well, I I called him yesterday, and he right. said, "What is he? He comes soonish." So he he said, "Call him when he shows up." That's what. He well, said. he directed Pine Barrens though before. Oh he no, he's it. gonna come when he comes. He's gonna come when he shows up in the show. That's a little foreshadowing for the next episode. Anyway, um, what's your favorite quote? Okay, from my favorite scene. Okay. When Christopher, Christopher says, you ever feel like nothing good is ever going to happen to you? But when <clears throat> Polly answers him, will you stop coughing? I know. I just said before we started, I'm and not going to Polly goes, no, and nothing ever did. So what? <laughs> it's just, but it, it just, Polly's Polly and he's fine with it. And it's great. Um, I have a runner up though. It was the, the, the pussy quote, right? Um, right pussy says this. Pussy he was, says this. why would he want to tell you you're in danger he you put a fucking moon roof in the back of his head like <laughs> oh my god it's good okay what, what are your first quote in your favorite scene i also enjoy um i also enjoy the the he's talking about movies and he says the devil's advocate you see that and paulie's only response is ow like he like Al Pacino is this godlike <laughs> as and by the way as if Al Pacino doesn't even talk about the devil's advocate like he like he does not want to admit that movie exists but yet that's how Paulie knows him like he might as well have gone Michael but it's more movies a lot of the throughout the whole episode and we'll dive into that is referring to this this genre oh, and yes. reminding the audience that it's just a part of this great genre. Mm -hmm. No, I know, I do. And I just love that. I love that. It's moment. good. It's good. Um, what are your favorite quotes? Oh, look, they're Livia quotes. I'm shocked. I love, I love <laughs> everything Livia says. No, only one is I love when she's referring to Mrs. Ryan down the hall and she mm -hmm. calls her a snooty ass and she goes, oh, she, she's so shanty Iris with all her airs. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Uh, but a runner-up would be, I love when Tony asks, uh, when AJ says, is it true that the Chinese invented spaghetti? And he goes, who, why would a group of people that eat with sticks invent something you need a fork to eat? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a moment I could see our father. I could see our father saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and again, I, I said it before, I love when he says, and of course, Francis Albert and the look with Carmela is, is, is a beautiful exchange between man and wife. But uh, let's let's get into our themes. What, did, what do you think the theme of this episode is? You go first, because I agreed with you, but I built upon it because I'm smarter. Oh, I see. Well, uh, identity, who we are and who you want to be. Okay. Would you, would you like to, would you like me to keep going or would you like yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, this is, this is actually something that we should really follow along with my egg theory, but the idea of, he says, uh, we're out of mayo and, and Italians generally don't like mayonnaise, even though our father disagrees with that. But I, I've heard that many places that they, they don't like mayonnaise and Tony will often refer to fake Italian people and wasps as mayonnaise in later episodes. So whenever you see comments like uh like i actually just just watched an episode randomly where someone says we're we're low on light on the mayonnaise and that's that's symbolic of he's he wants like only italians around 
Um, this is in Christopher's dream, right? The opening scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right, one of the first, her. one of the first yep. things it's said. Um, you know, and obviously, I mean, it's no, it's not hard to realize that Christopher is trying to find his identity in both the mob slash Italian world, and then in Hollywood, which is more Americanized. You know, so in America and Italy. Um, and the, you know, I mean, even the reference to Tennessee William, which I find hysterical that she got that wrong. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he, he could have said, she could have said F. Scott Fitzgerald, she could have said Ernest Hemingway, but she chose Tennessee William, his name is a state. I mean, so, so literally he's trying to find his place in this country. Of course, we have Richard, um, I can't think of Richard's last name, but ex Mr. Melfi, Melfi? Um, is, is trying it... to find identity. Wait a second. It, it, wouldn't his name be Melfi? It's not. Do, do we it's know? Not. Yeah, okay. I do. We That's know not. for a fact I, that it's her maiden name. Melfi is her maiden name for fact. Yes. Yes. Okay. If you if you said his name, I'd go. It's very Italian. It's I oh, I, have no I hate him, by the way. I hate Richard so much. Yeah, he's um, he is just a pompous windbag. But anyway, he, he, you know, obviously finding his, his identity as a working Italian. Hardworking um, Italian. Even Christopher asks the, the guy before he shoots him in the foot, you know, mm -hmm. do I look like a pussy to you? Is he yeah. literally, he's literally asking this existential question of, of am I a pussy? Mm -hmm. um, and, and then Christopher says, I got no identity after Paulie describes his own. So, so yeah. Paulie, as you said, seems very comfortable in this world. But ironic is Paulie doesn't have an identity. Paulie, like we don't know a lot about Paulie, and I don't think Paulie really knows a lot about himself. No, so Paulie but... has no identity in this world, and Christopher wants to. But it's really just a matter of he one's more comfortable than the other. We learned a little bit about Paul, and he did say that he fought in the war. Like he, no, he... but I, I mean, in the world of the mob, we we really don't know yet. I, I mean, I I think we always assume Paulie's a captain, but he's not. I mean, he's not a captain yet. Mm -mm. um you know he's he's just kind of a stooge is he you know, <laughs> yeah, we don't dude. know if he's had a, if he he's he been around as long as johnny is he is he actually friends with junior you know we he's just kind of this older figure who seems to be under tony it's 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 an unusual relationship they have and we don't know a lot and for right now i'd say i yeah. i don't know his identity okay and That's unfortunately fair. you know Spoiler alert, we'll know a lot more about him in the next six years. Yeah, 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 no, he's, he's the main character. Um, so I agree that it's about finding your identity, but also sitting with a discomfort with being identified improperly. Okay. So it's not only seeking like, who am I in the world, but also being mad at the world for labeling me, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna say this word, but they do talk about the word guinea. And they talk about it being so bad in the Melfi household. But then Christopher just casually re refers to himself as a skinny. And that's the is last that, time I'll say Is that, that in this episode? Yeah. I don't remember when. I know, I remember he does it in an episode called D-Girl, which is in next season. But He, he says it when, when he uh they're in the car and tony says you know maybe you're maybe not you're this. depressed he not and, you go, and then he goes not this game. so right. so it's an interesting thing that you know it sounds like they embrace the word whereas the melfi household like that you know it's bad and then we grew up learning that that's not something you say well and and i i love in the dinner he says what does it mean it's derived from ginzo okay well that doesn't answer the question no <laughs> no because I don't know, if, I, I doubt if even Richard knows. 
No, I honestly I don't. don't I'm, I'm sure either. I knew at I, some point. I don't really. Know. I don't either. I just learned that it was like, don't say that. Right. Like, and then that's the end of that. So, um, um, so Tony suggests that um, upset that Tony suggests that he's depressed. And then says, you know, I'm not a mind midget. And that's hard for Tony to hear, but that is Christopher literally saying like, don't label me as that. I'm a, you know, don't do that. Um, he's upset he wasn't on the news. And that was his way of saying, of, of feeling like he was labeled as unimportant, but mm-hmm. Brendan was. So he's upset that he was, Brendan was labeled improperly as he looks like he's a captain. <laughs> like, um, Melfi's husband is obviously upset about his wrongful identity, that he feels that Italian Americans are getting, you know, a bad image because mobsters and the genre of the mob and, and, and so on. The FBI agent is Italian and Tony speaks to him in Italian when he's at the house, when he, he's the guy who drops the bowl or whatever out of the fridge. And, and Rosso. Rosso, right? Gra- go grasso gra- with a grasso. g right yeah and then you know it's like both sides of that identity are, are there and they're kind of at odds um and tony's upset that like no you're supposed to be on my side you're mislabeled as an fbi agent mm-hmm. um there is this <laughs> like all the pride in the italian history and all of the like they they mention a bunch of um inventions that have wrongful identities mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it's very, very interesting um, that it's just kind of everyone's not labeled properly, if you will. And, and also, and, and to AJ, doesn't he say the two were the Antichrist instead oh of the anarchist? Oh my God. That's a mis, that's he's, a mislabeling too. He, he's a dumbass. No, but I know. I, you know <laughs> it but, is, it is a mislabeling. You're absolutely with right. The, with your theory. I'm yeah. just trying to help you along. Yeah, thanks. I thought I thought I did a pretty you, good job. I think you had more thing. than I did. That's... But let's, yeah. you want to talk Telling about symbolism that, now? Oh my God. I had to make your column a lot smaller. <laughs> yeah, you took my space. Because Lord Almighty. But um, you, you went, you, yours was in here already. So I wasn't going to like repeat it all. That's why I go first. Go ahead. Uh, go. This well, is fun. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to butt in and talk about this stuff. Well, you it's, already started talking a little bit about it. You stole my thunder a little bit, but we'll, <laughs> we'll edit that out later. But um, oh, no. this is, you know, I mean, I, as an English teacher, I do love seeing um, Shakespeare used in all television. And this is really the first time I can say Shakespeare has definitely been used, um, at least that I've blatantly. I mean, Christopher is Hamlet. This whole identity, that's that's Hamlet's issue. Do I follow my uncle? Do I not follow my uncle? And literally, we have Tony as Claudius here and, and, and Christopher as Hamlet. Um, you know, so to be or not to be a soldier in for in the mafia, um, and I even love the cool little moment where Christopher is dealing with a skeleton, just like Hamlet deals with Yorick. So, you know, we have that. Um, but really the, 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 the crutch of this episode is the fact that it's so meta. Um, we are constantly reminded, as you said, that this show is a TV show. Um, and, and it's worth noting to our, to our audience that of, you know, anyone who knows anything about The Sopranos knows this show got a lot of shit. Yep. <laughs> for being anti-American, you know, and when it's really not, it embraces our culture in so many ways. But... Anti-Italian American. Sorry, sorry, yes, anti-Italian American. Um, and but yet this episode aired was was made before that happened. Really, like, I thought this was in 13 resp- episodes oh. in the can. 
I so, thought this was in response to. No. Interesting. No. Okay. He, he knew this was going to happen, so he did it first. Um, <laughs> but just, you know, but but meta on a level, we've mentioned, I know I'm getting excited. We've mentioned Goodfellas before. I mean, yeah, the first episode mentioned Goodfellas. But this is the first time we've mentioned it with Lorraine Bracco, who was nominated for an Oscar for playing the mob wife in Goodfellas. She's in the room. So now, now I'm, I'm asking myself the existential question, is, is Melfi aware of who Lorraine Bracco is? Yes. She, so, I, yes. So if I said to Melfi, who was, the, who was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in 1991, <laughs> She would Whoops. list Whoopi Goldberg, who won for Ghost, which I still don't understand, and and then she would say <laughs> Lorraine Bronco. Yeah, like, she's she like, okay. She that would. that is amazing to me. Like that <laughs> that's a mind fuck like I've never thought of. Um, and then of course we have the amazing reference to Goodfellas, where Chris, played by Michael Imperioli, who played Spider in Goodfellas, who gets shot in the foot shoots the by Joe Pesci by Joe Pesci who won the Oscar by the way gets shot he gets shot in the movie then he shoots the baker in the foot saying it happens just like Joe Pesci does (laughs) but 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 wait a minute but Goodfellas stole that from a western called uh hold on I wrote it down oh where is it I wrote it down called Pale Rider (laughs) where there's a character named Spider who gets shot in the foot. And Tony says, you're suffering from cowboy-itis, which was also a reference to Jason saying, mob movies are classic American cinema like Like Westerns. So you're like- Take a breath. Take a breath. (laughs) I can't believe I have a goft. That's, it, it is, that's yeah, unbelievable. It's great. Like the, it's, just the, the web that they're creating there of meta constantly remind, reminding us. Now you're going to say this is a stretch, but I don't think it is. But there was an, now one of the actors who guest stars in the episode is named Sam Coppola, who has no relation, no relation to Francis Ford Coppola. <coughs> Excuse me. But come on, you're, David Chase cast him to bust balls. Again, it's a reminder. His name is Frank. Oh, by the way, he plays the therapist, the Jewish therapist that okay. Melanie and Richard go to. Okay. He says another great line that I can't believe neither one of us mentioned. Those was a tough Jews. That's oh. a great line. <laughs> so we have that. Then in the bakery scene, we have the guy who's going to eventually play Vito. His name is Joe Gassis, uh, Ganascali. He comes in. He's an extra. He's an extra in this episode. Now, in reality... He was cast, they liked him, they brought him back to play Vito. But unintentionally, it b- acknowledges the fact that they're just actors. They yeah, can play any little role that can they come. Another happy accident is that all of the mob wives in the wedding scene, which by the way, this starts with a wedding, just like- Like in Godfather one. <laughs> every mob wife that appears except Carmela is not the actress that's gonna eventually play them in the series. Pussy's wife is not her. Silvio's wife is not her. Who but, Silvio's wife, who we like learn and know later, is one of my favorite people on the show. But well, that's actually that's her. actually his Stephen Van Zandt's wife. No. Did you research before the podcast, or you just like no? Okay, I'm learning from you. I'm with the audience here. 
but the fact again they're just actresses like we'll just fire them and replace them that that is so meta but accidentally um another little connections is to goodfellas is so when pussy and his wife are destroying the evidence in the grill mm-hmm. and we know eventually that pussy's going to be dealing with drugs we hear a helicopter like which, goodfellas <laughs> well it's the last half hour karen that was all we had karen that's beautiful by the way um and then and then as we said the references to the movies you know just constant reference to movies um, two more very quick things that are in nowhere near as impressive as all that meta shit. But I love that Christopher literally does an arc at the end with his car. What are you talking about? When he so he gets the newspapers and then to leave at the end of the episode, he literally does like a U-turn. He does an arc with his car. He gets the arc that he asked for. He shows up, he steals all the newspapers with his name. Oh, and he that's a stretch. That's a that was all I said about Frank Cabo, and that's a stretch. Um, and this is something we just need to start paying attention to along with mayonnaise and eggs is these mm-hmm. motif of cigarettes versus cigars. Um, I do, I do make the claim that there is a, there's a choice made of when Tony smokes a cigarette, it usually means he's lower on the totem pole. He's feeling bad about himself. Um, but of course, cigars, the big strength in a cigar, very phallic show that his, you know, he's the man in the scene. And this is really the first time I, I, I think he smoked a cigarette in the episode, or at least the first time I took notice of it. Mm-hmm. And even the first time it's, it, he, he fucks it up by like smoking it wrong because he's so frustrated. But that's just something to look at um, for future episodes, especially in season two. It, it happens a lot. Hmm. Very good. I got you did a lot. I don't really have anything gonna, to add. You do. You have some good stuff. There's a thing about a pig. There's a thing about it. I mean, the opening thing, Christopher's in front of pigs and he's a pig. That's it. That's literally all I got. <laughs> but you covered all. I, would, I, I wasn't going to rewrite it all. I yeah, noticed I all this shit. <laughs> but don't, no, but no, 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 hold on. And I know already our producer is like pissed. Yeah, he's telling going, us to hurry along. We're going long. And we're, it's, this but is a great episode. The, the, we're like, but no, but like, you don't you don't think about that shit i also as a, i i love modern shakespeare adaptations i love to watch that but it always fascinates me like when you watch the 10 things i hate about you which is a modern te- retelling of, of, the of the shrew but yet in that movie they reference taming of the shrew yes. so like wait a minute so you know the play exists but you don't realize you're living <laughs> that you're living it like, and I, that always fascinates me and that's how this episode works you don't realize that you're in a show when you're referring to a show like i really wanted them to say hey there's a new mob show called the sopranos on the tv look at that <laughs> or like hey it's the Alcos. hbo it's hbo like it would have been great all right hey hey could we move on my god <laughs> sarah i mean you're taking up so much time who's your most valuable goomba it's christopher of course i don't know i don't know he who else literally it... wins the episode what do you literally, mean literally he wins how does he win the episode? He gets his name in the paper. It's all he wanted. <laughs> That's all he wanted. I want my name in a paper. He, um, no, I mean, he's great. And we really learn a little bit more about Christopher, too. We do. Like, a lot more. This is a, a big thing about him that he wants to write, which, yeah. wow, him writing is fun. I manuged. I manuged. I cannot. Um, 
And I love how Adriana pretends like she's an expert. Like I got to read the flow, like as if she's. But she, but honestly, no, I don't think it was like that. I think she's just like actually smarter than him. But that's it's a very low bar. (laughs) I think it's just she's like they're both morons. But she like even it's like I can't read every sentence of this. You can't even spell managed. (laughs) Managed. Vanuj. And then there was another word he spelled wrong. That was funny. Um, I got the something on him. I forget. Oh. Uh, the drop on him? I got the drop. No. I okay. Yeah, there is something else wrong. It's funny. Um, okay, what's our next no, there's category? No other, there's no other. There's no other. We're going to talk about if we pulled this shit or anything that made you go, oh my god, that's us. You You go. Do not hand me a giant computer in a cardboard box on my wedding day in, when I'm in my dress. Don't be an elitist asshole. You put it on a table. Any- put it. Oh no no no! Put it on a table somewhere and say think like thank you. Your gift is over there. Do not. I'm in the middle of my wedding. Do not hand me a giant cardboard box. Let me. That's let heavy. Me, let me let our audience a little secret. If you hand my sister a computer on her wedding day, whether it's on a table, whether it's out already in her car, she don't want it. No, no, I she don't She doesn't know. want it. If it I doesn't fit in that on. fucking birdcage, she doesn't want it. That's what she's <laughs> You're making me sound like a brat, and that's not what I mean. It I just, I, first thing. as someone who is planning another wedding, because oh, you know geez. it's like the, the pan- seventh one the pandemic happened and now there's you know round two here i just the thought of in the middle of my wedding day having to like be like can someone take this from me like <laughs> don't want no um you said birdcage and it made me think of my bird at first and i thought that's what you meant but well is the bird coming to the wedding is he going to be guarding the envelope she she lays eggs he gives a shit um, <sighs> i really liked aj playing the video games and not stopping to answer the door that would did you do that i wasn't really into video games but i could i'm sure at some point i was doing something that i deemed more important and dad yelled yeah um you were really good at the batman super nintendo game i was in the aladdin game no i was better at that than you though okay um what other what other things I had other things. Um, so when Christopher's mom calls <coughs> and on the answering machine, she just goes, Christopher's mommy. Yeah. Just that's just something mine does. Um, also, Tony wore a lot of golf shirts in this episode, and that's our father's like uniform. I wonder if that was meant to foreshadow because there's a big moment in the next episode where they golf. And that's no. not giving anything away. There's a big no, I think- golf scene. I think it's just, it was just funny. I was like, oh, that looks like yeah. daddy's clothes. It's all dad wears. Well, dad wears a golf shirt. shirt. If he's wearing a shirt. Which is rare. Which Tony never, I mean, hardly ever do you see Tony bare chested. If it is, it's because he's having sex. It's not because ew. he, well, Tony has a lot of sex. In this I know, thing. it's just, ew. Okay, now, just now, you're, now you're just being rude. It's gross. Uh, what about some cannolis? Do we want to tell, what is there a foreshadowing? I think there is um, the horror dream. I think is one of the biggest things for me mm-hmm. that Christopher's dream is a horror dream movie. I'm not going to get into more. Okay. Um, 
we get our second reference to Amy, quote, the one who works for Tarantino. That's oh. the second time this character has been mentioned. Yep. And ironically, um, she's in the episode eventually where um, he says skinny guinea again. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, Christopher just generally struggling with depression is the cannoli. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Pussy says, if I'm getting an invitation to the dance, I wish the feds would hurry the fuck up about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Mel... Melfi's husband suggesting that she could get hurt at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. Christopher says he wants to bring a meal to the Pine Barrens, which we already said in a great episode. <laughs> um, Melfi and Richard discuss their view of property they own. She yeah. thought that they would build a house and that it was an investment. I think that's an important little uh, Yes, I noticed that as well. Yeah. Um, Christopher refers to struggling with the regularness of life. That's a common motif. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I mean, the big one, Livia tells Junior. Junior knows, which is that, that Tony it, goes to a therapist. Yeah. And it's hidden in this episode about Christopher. And it's it, it, right. It, in. it like, should, it was a gasp moment that I kind of forgot about until you said it. Like, I, I re obviously remember when it happened. It, it Just, it, it's almost it, like it belongs in the next episode. Well, they set us up. The they set us up. Um, yeah. So it's, it, I, it really, what it does is it's great because now in the next episode, they can go previously on The Sopranos and show that scene without adding time to the episode next week. Like, I think that's why they did it. Yeah, why not? So it's one of the first things we see. Before. Right, and we're back into it. And then... um just, you know, Paul and Christopher have their first moment and it's the first of many, I think. Um, he calls him Chrissy, I think for the first time. And that's definitely his nickname for him. I don't think anybody else calls him Chrissy. Uh, Silvio does. Oh, he does? Okay. Silvio does. But it's it's just a, it's heartwarming. And Paul and can do no wrong in my mind. No. And it's, uh, it's weird because he calls Tony T and, and really- he does. Everybody calls Tony T. Not like Christopher does. Not like Do you Chris find it weird he doesn't call him Uncle Tony? I guess he's no, not really his uncle. Not really his uncle. He's it's actually cousin. Carmela's cousin. Cousin. He's Carmela's cousin, right? Dickie Maltesante, his father, and Carmela are cousins. So it's his. He's Carmela's second cousin. Oh, so it's like okay, it's like a little far down the. Yeah. Very nice. I, I don't else? think. No, I don't think so. Um. Well, did any what any other final oh, general any have? general anything else? I think even cannolis. Um, yeah, I have I have a few things random. Nineteen ninety nine. What the fuck does the bride have bride have on her hair on her head during the? Because no, but it's really ugly. It's not an exact replica of what Connie wears in Godfather at her wedding, but it definitely is a callback to it. Can I ask that question? Okay, I take it back. It wasn't ugly. It's just very oh, it's much of, no, it, no, 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 it's very it's much of the time. It's very much of the time. It's like a trendy okay. thing that did not age well. But I have a question. What year is that wedding happening in the, in Godfather? Uh, 45, 46. Okay. Michael's coming home from World War II. So. Should, don't you think it shouldn't be the same? For something so trendy, it would—it's not timeless. I don't understand why. It's no, because I—I I think I think it was a choice to 
it was it was a choice to say you know in case anyone catches this this episode's beginning the same way the most famous mafia movie of all time is uh, right and it, yeah i hear you and we're okay that's fine i'll give it to you um, go ahead we have uh, the opening scene with food and violence i mean maybe yeah. almost more violent than emil's actual death is his dream about it and and also this sexuality i mean I yeah, get Adriana sure. eating the sausage, but did you? I I've With never Carmella. understood Carmela. No, Wearing yeah, the, me the either. It's I don't weird. Know. I mean, it's supposed to be a, like dreams are weird. Like you have weird dreams, but I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, when Pussy took his envelope back at the wedding, when they have when they're talking, like the money problems might come up with the feds. Yeah. That's brilliant. I laughed out loud. Yeah, I agree. And as if he's going to pay her back. <laughs> yeah. That poor woman, that poor, she lost everything. No, everything. No. With her, um, uh, she could sell that veil and get some money. One of, <laughs> one of my favorite characters in the series uh, makes his debut, Agent yeah. Harris, yeah. Um, who, who will return quite often. And, oh, and yeah. Um, you know, but becomes a regular of the series by season four or five, six. I mean, you know, we'll see him a lot. Mm-hmm. By the way, that actor was supposed to play Grasso. Interesting. And got promoted at the last minute. So <laughs> Liter- good, good promotion. Figuratively Grasso, and literally. <laughs> I think Grasso appears two more times. AJ, AJ's trying to kill that fucking fly again. <laughs> and every yeah. time he's trying to kill that fly, a, a female family member runs up and tells him to stop. Like it, it, it it's, I I don't know. Why is he? What's, He's annoyed no, by it. I don't know. I think that fly would be dead. It has to be a new fly, right? Yes. I, Do you, yes. Did you watch Breaking Bad? <laughs> no. Well, that's. I know. A, I should. That's a problem. But there's a there's a there's a, <laughs> a notorious episode of, of Breaking Bad, which I think many would consider the worst episode, where it's all about a fly. It's all about trying to get a fly in the lab. It's almost an hour of them trying to kill a fly and i think it was inspired i think it was an it was a no you're literally pulling it's shit out of your ass right now that's, no um the aj with the point the porn like little boys are just gross that's my i thought. just love that it talk about 1999 that it's downloaded <laughs> Who downloads wait porn? and then like would you okay <laughs> the feds are raiding your house they take your computer when he calls out to them and says, like, everything better be on that when I get it back. Like, would, I just want to smack him but so that's his hard. Asshole. That shows a lot about uh, the disrespect they have for the cops. Uh, or adults. Like, I don't, I don't care if it's the cops. Like, that's an adult. Like, shut up. <laughs> um, a little bit of, of, of irony that I love in this episode is, uh, so I said Christopher's Hamlet and re- he actually refers to Blockbuster. He gets high off the smell. Mm-hmm. And one year later, Ethan Hawke will play Hamlet in a modern version where the entire do not uh, be to be or not to be speech will is in a Blockbuster. So I just thought that was like a, a happy coincidence that I, I just enjoy. You don't, don't you think they, you don't think they took that from the Sopranos and, and put it in a Blockbuster on purpose? I don't, no. But you think the fly created a whole episode? No, but it's an amazing. <laughs> no, but it's an amazing speech because, as Hawk is is doing it, the signs change from drama to comedy, as he's and it's referring to how his speech is going. It really, it, it's that's actually a very. I, I, it's a, it's a, 
not a lot of people like that. It's a very controversial version of Hamlet, but I, I tend to enjoy it. I There's like also any, a scene where I Claudius, like any version of Hamlet. You don't? You don't like I love any love version it. of Hamlet. Like, There's I, also Hamlet's a great, great. scene, in a, and I'm getting off base, and I apologize because Christian's freaking somewhere in his room right now. But, <laughs> and he just showed us the clock. Thank you. I get it. But, really I, but there's a scene in that in that episode talk about meta where claudius you know tells hamlet you're an idiot whatever in, in shakespeare language and then kicks him out of his limo in front of the theater for the lion king so again oh i love that now i love that so much but now again meta so in that movie i assume <laughs> because they're actually speaking shakespeare that hamlet doesn't exist so in that modern version, there is no play. It's like it's Shakespeare didn't write that. No, one. technically, they'd look back on the Lion King and go, "I'm living the Lion King." But what I'm saying is, so <laughs> then, how did the Lion King come to be if it's not Hamlet? The Lion King is Hamlet. But if Shakespeare never wrote Hamlet, then you know Biff never would have gotten the almanac, and then Marty never would have gone back to 55, and we wouldn't have Lion King. So it doesn't. It all doesn't. It just. I love that shit. I, I love that I know that you do. Shit. And I do, I do too. That That's great. And now I, I kind of- your next one because I got an Wait, issue. I kind of want to watch Hamlet now. Do it, Listen, I highly suggest because Ethan Hawke is good in everything he does. And then watch Training Day because he's amazing in that too. Okay. The engagement ring was stolen. Okay, I, got, I take issue. That's the funniest- thing when he when she goes you better give your engagement ring and she goes but it wasn't stolen and he just they just stare at each other no i take issue with that line though i think that's a poorly written line wow oh the line you don't like they've been married for what i mean let's just say meadow's 14 so let's just say they've been married 15 no meadow has to be at least 16 she's college surging okay fine let's say 15 years to just be safe okay you're going to tell me this is the first time the FBI has ever visited your house? This is the first time you've ever worried about that ring being stolen. It be That's bullshit. If that ring was stolen and he had to hide it, she would have known about it already. There's no way. But this it, okay, but don't think about it too much because it's a really funny moment. I, and I'm happy it happened. No. For the and sake, we got to, the Sopranos and we got to is not it. a show that does that for the sake of comedy. Someone should have said that doesn't work. Okay. Sorry. You go. Um, all right, I got a question for you. Okay. Tony is mad at Melfi because she says, I got to charge you for the missed appointment. And he, you know, calls her a whore, throws money at her. I kind of agree with Tony. Like he's saying, when you I, have time though set aside, that is an appointment she could have made with someone else. Like Joseph, I, I, you, but he I get charged her. if I don't show up to my European wax center appointment. No, but he warned her. <laughs> he did tell her. It, it, but no, you have to. No, I, you get. Sorry, you're. I don't. He I think told you're. Her I might not show up. I think you disagree with the idea of some like the reserved time and then you have no, to pay I don't, the no, time. I totally understand that. He warned her. I but might he didn't not... call and say, I can't come. He was like, hey, I might not show up. Oh, the man. Oh, and it doesn't cover with... as that. No, no, I gotta go. I, I agree with, I don't listen. I don't think you should throw. I don't think you should throw money, but yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, 
I love how Livia is really just another mob wife. What, what do you mean by that? Because they're like hiding things in her room or she's asking questions to Junior and like she kind of knows what, what's up. Like, and then Carmela shows up and she's like, she's like, Livia just knows what's going on and she's just another mob wife and she knows what's, what's going on. It's just- But it's, yet, but yet doesn't know. And I, yeah, uh, thank God she never wears hats. I think she, because I think she knows everything. You think she knows that Tony hid shit in her closet? Which we didn't even she, talk about that. She will find out. Like, I think she'll find out and go, oh, okay, it's here. Like, I, I don't yeah. think it's, I, I, I think she just react and go, yep, that's how it works. <laughs> right. uh, we would be, we would be remiss not to mention that one of the most famous shots of the whole series happens in this episode, which is the tony standing in front of the fence as the train goes by and it going from one side of his face to another i mean that was used in advertisements for years um but i mm. but i do love the cut i mean richard says referring to tony he's evil and when you have to know that but the whole show is about the fact that there's two sides to him he's oh, not evil yeah. and you and you get that be beautiful cut followed by the evil tony yelling at christopher which is hysterical shut up like i just love that <laughs> but then but then we see the other side immediately he is concerned genuinely for Christopher. Yeah. he really does not want to see but i think Christopher that's where his but that's where his screaming i don't think his screaming's evil uncle i think his screaming no, is that he was terrified that christopher did something stupid to get caught i think it's more about yes it's protecting tony and his guys and his business but also worried about christopher i do i think it's all out of love yeah um but that's it. What do you, what do you think? Anything else before we, uh, there's so I'm sure there's more. I'm, when we're done, I'm going to go. Oh, You're going to go. Oh, I didn't there's say that. More. It's, it's one of the most fun episodes, I think. Yes. Um, and followed by an episode that is not. Okay. Great. It's not a fun episode though. The next week I'm, I'm going to say, I, I have a lot of issues to discuss about. I think it's two plots that do not belong together. Okay. We'll, we'll yeah. get to it. We'll it, get to it, it. I know. It's also the episode that my wife, who does not watch this show, has probably watched seven times. Like, it's always the one where she goes, I have never watched this show, but this is the episode that you always have on. That's and it's weird. just because she catches me on the why? ninth episode of My Bada Binge. Why <laughs> Why does Carol, Carolyn never watch this ever? Uh, violence she doesn't she doesn't like she but yet game of thrones she loved i don't but like. okay so that's funny because i am i don't mind the violence in sopranos but i mind um violence of masses like i can't do disaster movies oh no that's terrifying i cannot this can happen like she watches this so disaster goes, this movies to me it's like no this can happen and there's no control like no this is the mob like i'm not involved like, well, it, disaster it's, movies, yeah, but like Game of Thrones is fantasy. She doesn't. Well, yeah, that's that really bother awkward. her. That's I don't really know. Awkward. Ironically, her mother loves disaster movies. Loves them. Be disaster movies. I, I hate disaster she movies. Loves, she absolutely loves. All right. Okay, we're we're gonna have to here. So thank you everybody for um, analyzing the legend of Tennessee Multisanti with us. Um, that's all for us from that's all from us for now. Talk to you soon when we discuss season one, episode nine, Boca. Boca. Good this one. has this has been the sibling sit down. Bye guys. Bye.